Hello, everyone. Are you on your way to shift empty success into fulfillment? Welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. You are now in a safe place where we converse, explore, reflect, connect, and deep dive into our inner world together. Fulfillment always starts from within. Every conversation and discussion here is a journey, one that you will likely to continue even after the episode completes. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. I am your host. And thank you for choosing to uplift your life today. Hi, everyone. It is really wonderful to have you back here today. Right now, I am joined by Mireille Wagner, a Switzerland-based functional medicine coach to guide us through diving in into the gut health world. After losing a dear friend to breast cancer, Mireille changed careers and made it her mission to learn about the root cause of disease and to help educate others on the early signs and symptoms of chronic and autoimmune disease. Gut health is a very important part of this journey, of this process. And through educating, inspiring, and empowering her clients, Mireille is helping the people that she cross paths with to change their lifestyle and nutrition habits one step at a time. Thank you so much, Mireille, for being here with us today. You're welcome, Astuti. It's so great to be here. Well, uh, big word, big world, gut health. Um, one that I'm very curious about, and I know one that I personally would love to know more so that I can take better actions to take care of myself. I'm just going to make a confession out of a different part of myself, spirit, mind, body. I think the biggest improvement area for me is definitely the body part. And, and this has been, I have really new commitment to, to do this starting this year. Yes, so this is right. this can't be more timely yeah. <laughs> this conversation. Very good. Yeah. I'm glad yes. to share my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So can we please start off with you sharing first of all, what is functional medicine and what is functional medicine coaching are? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause that that really is a starting point because functional medicine is a very different way of helping clients or patients with their chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. So the conventional model is really designed um, for acute care. It's it's really good at helping people with broken bones, um, you know, hospitalizations, I think. Um, but when it comes to chronic illnesses, which is a large part of our health budget, um, I do think that it falls short. And functional medicine does a really good job of addressing this. In 
in the way that it approaches a patient. Um, mm -hmm. So functional medicine is a whole body approach. And uh, I think if you understand, most of us understand in conventional medicine, you're at the pinnacle of your career if you're a specialist in a certain area. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people suffering from chronic illnesses have several specialists that they're seeing. So they might have a gastroenterologist, maybe a cardiologist or an endocrinologist. And probably none of these specialists are speaking to each other. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And so when we're trying to address imbalances in the body, which chronic illness really is, it's the, it's mm. the body becoming imbalanced and dysfunctional. Um, we, we obviously understand that everything is connected and that what is happening in your gut or your, your gastro in, gastro system that is going to affect your endocrine system as well as your neurological system and all other um, possible systems in the body. And by understanding this, this interconnectedness, we can better help clients and patients um, move their health forward because mm -hmm. we're addressing the imbalances uh, from a root cause perspective. We're trying to understand this person in front of us as mm -hmm. well. So we spend a lot more time than the conventional medical system allows. Mm -hmm. um, so mo usually most people go to the GP and they spend 10, 15 minutes. They mm -hmm. don't get to tell much of their health history. They, they tell them their symptoms and they usually go away with some sort of pill for the ill. Mm -hmm. And in functional medicine, um, our job is really to understand this person, understand their entire history. So the timeline is a very a key part of understanding how um, their symptoms evolved and possibly leave clues for the root cause, mm -hmm. as well as understanding what is the environment that this particular person is in. How is how are their relationships? How is their stress? Um, the work environment. Um, what is their their thought processes even? And this is where your whole idea of mind yeah. body connection, spirit even um, is is really fundamental in the functional medicine approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think the word, the, the key word for me is the word chronic. Chronic means it's over a long period of time. Exactly. And, and what I understand from you just now is that you're also helping your clients to understand, actually, it's not developed overnight. It's been yeah. over a number of years with symptoms that maybe shift in terms of intensity or form over a period of time. And the connection with timelines and also triggers, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Know, all these things. Yeah, yeah, that's really key. So the the triggers, yeah. you know, especially when we we think about something like autoimmune, usually there are three kinds of factors, and a lot of people feel you know genetic factor is is a huge part, and it and it is a part, uh, but it's not everything, and. Um, I would say probably 20, 30% is genetic factors and the rest is 70% uh, lifestyle, uh, diet, environment uh, factors. Mm -hmm. And then there's usually some form of trigger that happens in um, an, an autoimmune case. But a functional medicine really believes that the body has uh, the ability to heal itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that all it needs is the right environment and the right nutrients, the right um, uh your factors to help it restore function a process or maybe not a remedies but the process for somebody to get healthier what the kind of things they they could eat and not that this would look quite different from one person, person to another yeah yeah and that that's a okay. really key point in functional medicine so okay. you um two people might have exactly the same diagnosis but yeah. how they got there 
um, is completely different and how they would um, begin to reverse it might look quite different. And the same is can be said for symptoms. So you, you might have two people with very similar symptoms, um, but their diagnosis would end up being kind of different. Right. And so, yes, the, the focus in functional medicine is that an, an understanding that everybody is very, very different and unique. And mm -hmm. the path to wellness is probably going to be quite unique as well. And so, you know, the basis, I think, for the functional medicine approach is um, diet, and lifestyle. So mm -hmm. diet does play a key part. Mm -hmm. And so even in diet, even if we're saying, okay, um, everybody needs to be uh, eating a whole food anti-inflammatory diet, there are some really healthy foods that might not be good for one person, but is good for another. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice to hear this <laughs> <laughs> because, because I believe everybody is uniquely unique but also have some similarities so but but i it makes sense what you're saying to me because i understand for certain food well i can digest them very well some friends react yeah. to it yeah. and yeah. when we were asked to like you know just don't do this it's like but it doesn't feel right, wrong to me to 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 eat such thing because it actually my body receives it well so yeah so this is this is nice to hear yeah <laughs> And I should probably touch on that coaching because, um, yes. you know, the, the I call myself a functional medicine coach. And so I've been trained in helping clients to, because I think a lot of us understand when it comes to change and changing one's diet, changing one's lifestyle, we all have um, very different priorities. We also have uh, very different lives. And so the job of a coach is to understand that part of the person and help mm -hmm. them make those changes that are yeah. necessary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a functional medicine doctor, for instance, um, is is able to diagnose and the coach is able to help make those changes. So the, the functional medicine doctor would, for instance, say, okay, you've got an autoimmune disease, you need to be doing this kind of diet or um, and you need to be changing these aspects of your life. And so they would usually in a collaborative model, which is yeah. the functional medicine model as well, is to refer out to a coach who's going to help their client make the changes because doctors in general don't have the time to spend with clients making those changes either. Yeah, yeah. I do, but I do see the benefit of having a coach for this. <laughs> for me personally, it's not easy to understand how to change something that a habit of, of consuming things in a certain way for yeah. a long period of time and uh, and to, to have it breaking that broken down into digestible steps and having yeah. somebody to to ask questions to this is for me personally is very important yeah but also even in the coaching arena um, I mean you have very different coaches that are great at certain things and um, feel that their strengths are in maybe meal planning or uh, meal prepping um, and you have coaches that are um, more skilled in, in other areas. And so I think even in that area, you're going to find different coaches who would speak to different audiences as well. Mm -hmm. And I would say I'm given my background and my background is actually finance and maths. And so I'm very a logical, analytical person. Um, I, I like helping clients, you know, get into the nitty gritty um, of understanding also their labs um, as well. So mm -hmm. that 
that's where I feel I enjoy working with clients is helping them understand, obviously, their path and their timeline, but also understanding their biochemistry. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something I spend quite a bit of time doing. You are st- shifting career <laughs> completely. Yeah. You mentioned (laughs) finance and mathematics (laughs) into this world. Would you share a bit more information about it? You and I are both Asian. I think you understand the background and mentality of of Asian (laughs) culture. Yes. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I was was fortunately good at maths at school. And um, I was definitely encouraged to go a route that was more lucrative, you know, um, by my parents. And so I, I, when I studied, I went to study mathematics and investments. In fact, I tried uh, to go the actuarial science route. I don't know if Ooh, you know what actuarial science yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but it wasn't for me. So statistics really wasn't uh, my, my cup of tea. So uh, much to the chagrin of my parents, I flunked out of actuarial science (laughs) and then continued in in finance and investments and that was a more suitable to to my my personality I think and um and then ended up working in stockbroking as my first job so it was um definitely a career that I enjoyed um it was very uh, exciting also very stressful I imagine I was about to say you're very brave Mary (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think a lot of my my health issues also started back then. Mm. Uh, you know, I had a couple of episodes that were really stressful um, back in my stockbroking days. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it forms part of my timeline. You know, also the fact that when we left South Africa, which is where I was born, raised and met my mm-hmm. husband, um, it was a very big emotional change I think trauma to a sense because I was I was heavily pregnant with our first child and I left South Africa when when she was seven months when I was seven months pregnant wow she wasn't yet born and then we made this huge move from South Africa to Switzerland my husband started a new job and I was plonked into a new country yeah so to say a new language new culture no family or network yeah with a new baby um three animals that we brought over with us and um you know kind of thrown into the deep end so that was a huge life change for me yeah looking back realize how much of um I think a stressful event you can say definitely I think it was just you manage as best you can yes but um, just leaving the family and having taken away their first grandchild for my parents, yes. you know? Yes, oh my God, yeah. And There's a lot of stress. Easy. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a huge stress, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's always been a thing where I, I think it would be nice for my kids to grow up around their, their grandparents. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, and I think wow. you living overseas as well, you have to Definitely, thing, right? definitely. I think, I think even though it's our choice, it's not like we had to leave because there's a war in our country. Yes. The stress is still the same. In my case, I, I came here single uh, for, for work. I carried so much guilt in my body for leaving my parents. Mm-hmm. So I could only imagine with you being pregnant and, and starting over zero where everything, a lot of new things, also being a mother, I think is significantly 
very um, stretching assignment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least this is a exactly. mild, very yeah. mild mild labeling <laughs> yeah but, and if I had stayed back in South Africa you know I probably would have been on maternity leave for three and a half months four, right. four months standard and and then most of the women go back to their careers and right. I was a stay-at-home mom and my mom was always kind of oh you puss all have to stay at home I, you know wouldn't it be nice to go back to work and it just wasn't realistic, you know, given our situation. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually so, so grateful for the opportunity to have been able to stay at home with my kids. Yes. In, in South Africa, I wouldn't have done that. I would have yeah. gone straight back to work. Yeah. And I can see that our kids are really so grounded and so well-adjusted, I find, yes. um, that it was, you know, that was something that I definitely don't regret. Yeah. Yeah, but I, uh, I I acknowledge your your stress. Then it's a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then your your friend was really ill, and then and then exactly with cancer. So mm-hmm. we, we would talk a lot about um, what we would do when we were able to start working when the kids were a little bit older, and you know she was South African as well, and we always thought maybe we'd start a business between South Africa and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, so we had this this connection. And when, when I realized that she was sick with stage four breast cancer, I, at first I really didn't understand what stage four breast cancer meant. And yeah. so, after reading a little bit more about it, I, I, you know, it hit me, and I thought, wow, okay, this is serious, and she needs help. Yeah. And she was doing the conventional medicine route. She was doing everything that she could, mm-hmm. and um, we did together try and look down other avenues and I I read a lot up in nutrition and that's really how it started Mm. in nutrition for me I was always I think a lot of people who get diagnosed with this terrible disease question themselves okay like how did I get this and what can I do yeah to to reverse it and um you know what I've kind of been afraid to go there but from what I understand yeah. You know, it's something I've I signed up for a course on um, what every health coach needs to know about cancer. Mm. I just actually have not opened that course yet because it's, right. it's the place that I feel when I'm ready, I'll go there again. And um, mm. yeah, but so you we keep asking ourselves, okay, what's the connection between developing cancer? And what I've learned about chronic disease now mm-hmm. is that you know our and, and, and guiding her through that process, she worked with a spiritual healer as well. And he said that there was something that she was not letting go of and there mm. was some anger. Mm. Um, and I know for a lot of people that that's just too woo-woo and just not scientific mm-hmm. enough. But she admitted that to me. She, did, mm-hmm. she didn't tell me the story, but mm-hmm. she said there was, there was something that she was holding on to. And um, it just kind of reminds us that full health is not just is not just what we think is uh, you know giving the right medications eating the right foods it's also our thoughts and what we're holding on to um yeah yeah i could relate to this very much so basically there are two times when my um blood pressure spiked up really really high and um was when my father passed away Suddenly, there was a shock there. This was in 2012. Mm. And then in 2019, 
And this is mm-hmm. when I started going into deeper, deeper understanding of relationship between mind, body, and spirit. In, in Indonesia, in our culture, when somebody passed away, we basically hold on a space and time for 1,000 days until we completely close the cycle. Okay. So, yes, so almost yeah, three years or so. And we were, our family gathered together in Indonesia to, to conclude that for my mother. And not long after, I had this high level of uh, blood pressure. And I, I, in my mind, I felt quite serene and peace and peaceful about things. So I couldn't understand exactly what happened to me. But um, I did change my diet. Um, I had to take a medication because it was really high for some time. And But then I said, okay, there has to be something, something unconscious running in my body or in my system that created this so much tension or mm-hmm. so much inner something mm-hmm. that it created the, the stress for the body. Yeah. And when I did the healing part, yeah. it was really connected a lot to my grandmother, my mother's mother. So, and also with my mother. So one of the emotions in your friend's case, it was anger. In mine, it was guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was guilt. I, I think that's such a common Asian feeling. Guilt. Yeah, guilt. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but but our parents re- almost reinforce that. I, I don't know, just the way they speak to us. But it's so interesting that you say that because I had my own experience um, because I, I, I do also quite a lot of personal work. And yeah. I, um, on the recommendation of another coach friend, um, she, she said I should work with an energy healer that she had worked with that mm-hmm. kind of just opened up her blockages. Yeah. Yes. And so I I did, I I spoke to this um, energy healer and she told me that, um, yes, I have, I have this burden from my ancestors because Mm -hmm. yeah, my grandparents moved from China to South Africa and I think they left behind, you know, a lot. Yeah. Um, starting anew, similar to, you know, what you and I have done. Yes. But, you know, with very different circumstances, you know, more forced to, to leave and, um, and I think that the way she explained it is that my entire family suffers from lung issues and skin mm. issues. And, and she said that these kinds of issues are very strongly connected to this burden of sadness and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that, you know, if I did some work on it, hopefully we can stop it going through through the entire lineage. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's. This is like I, I, I'm. I was mind blown, but when when I found out, you know, wow, this is connected to my grandmother, and as I go deeper into this, connected to a couple of more generations before I didn't know any of their stories, but the information or the burden is in the system. So, and I said, oh. I, this is why the functional medicine and the integrative approaches to things really piqued my interest. And I'm so happy that our path crossed. So let's dive in. Let's start to dive into the gut health. Sure. In your experience, what is the the common misconception people have when we talk about gut health usually? Sure. And um, that's a kind of a good question, but I, I, I think most people automatically when they, they think gut, 
and and you say touch your gut or <laughs> you know they're not touching that entire connection from the the mouth all the way down to yeah we'll call it the the anus right um but that is our gut right and most people are grabbing at their belly button usually and so when they're looking for gut symptoms that's where they're they're looking um and there's no mistake. So I, I have a lot of people that come into my practice and they're suffering from gut issues and gut symptoms. Mm-hmm. But um, when there are imbalances in the gut, and this is something I had to learn as well the hard way, is um, that we might not be experiencing symptoms in our gut. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. for yeah. me, yeah, right. and this is one of the things that I try to really scream out from the the rooftops is is we need to be so clued in on our symptoms so symptoms are really our clues and and I like to call them a gift because mm-hmm. they're really just our body speaking to us giving us yeah. messages and um, many people are not connecting um, the everyday symptoms that they're experiencing whether it be constipation or headaches or low energy to Mm. imbalances in the body. And very often we come back to the gut. Mm. You're absolutely right. Because this is my misconception also. Gut health symptoms are in the gut areas. Mm -hmm. Yes. It it could be elsewhere. You're absolutely right. Because if if I think about it, as you said, everything is connected. But what we want is the root cause. Where is the root? imbalance i suppose and what you're saying is a lot of the the health rooted a lot of it rooted in imbalances on the gut system is that right yeah absolutely um so this is where i spend a lot of time working with my clients because um yeah as i as i mentioned the gut is really not just our intestines it's Mm -hmm. also what's happening in our mouths all the way down into our, our esophagus and stomach um and and so really good gut health starts by chewing your food something as as so stupidly simple people would say and too boring to do <laughs> you know people just don't have the time to chew their food well um this is where true gut health really mm-hmm. starts mm-hmm. is being mindful at our meals mm-hmm. chewing mm-hmm. our food thoroughly and giving it the opportunity to be digested really well Mm-hmm. And and this is where a lot of dysfunction starts is broken digestion, a because we're not chewing well or not digesting our food well. Mm-hmm. So so that's what a, a large part of the work that I do is is working on gut and digestion and absorption. Yes, because mm-hmm. yeah, and I I teach my clients about leaky gut. I don't know if you've heard about leaky gut. I've heard about it. I would love you to talk more about it. Yeah, so leaky gut is, is really what, what that term kind of describes. Is, is We have this, this tube, let's call it, and, and, and this tube is a very selective about what it allows to pass through mm-hmm. and, and what it doesn't. Um, so obviously we want to be absorbing all the nutrients, but anything that comes into our mouths or th- um, from our environment into our bodies should not always all go through this this tube into our blood system Mm -hmm. and so there are a lot of toxins in our food a lot of um, antigens we call them things that would cause our immune system to become um, alerted Mm -hmm. that can pass through a leaky gut Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So if we think of our gut as having this very like shaggy carpet, you know, like a really nice, thick, long, long stranded carpet in leaky gut, these tend to start to um, break down or shrink. Mm -hmm. And so the surface area for what nutrients they can absorb starts to decline Mm -hmm. as well as there, there is kind of spaces many, many, many spaces in between our cells um, Mm -hmm. in our, Mm -hmm. in our intestinal walls. And these get bigger in leaky gut. So there are things that shouldn't pass through, pass through. Exactly. So, Uh. so this is where the key in digestion and chewing our food and breaking food down really well is important because if we're not breaking food down well enough and they're undigested food particles, these things can pass through a leaky gut wall. So mm-hmm. when, when the, the gaps in our intestinal wall get bigger, more and more things can pass through, such as undigested food proteins. And this is how we develop food sensitivities. This is kind of the start of developing autoimmune disease because these food particles very have very similar protein structures to tissues in our body. And our our immune system can mistake those for Ah. for our own tissue. So they think, okay, this this food particle looks foreign. I'm going to create an antibody or start attacking it. But because that food particle looks similar to, say, thyroid tissue, and this is called molecular mimicry. I don't want to get your listeners confused, but (laughs) that's what it's called. So it, it mimics our own molecules and so our, our immune system begins to attack this that looks similar to this foreign food thing. And, and that's the start of autoimmune disease, is our body attacking its own tissue, possibly mm-hmm. because it's attacking so many other things and it's mistaking our own tissue. As you said, the body is designed to be able to heal itself. And in that, the body is designed to combat things that shouldn't be there. Exactly. With the misinformation, because it, the, the particle or the, the molecule looks the same, mm-hmm. the body actually combating things that should actually be there and actually yeah. good for our body. And that's what creates the autoimmune disease. Yeah. yeah. So so this, got, this, this really get me thinking, uh, Mireille, because which is obvious, but it isn't for, for people like me who lives in my head and not so much in my body. Uh, how the body speaks to me is a really important clue. And chronic disease or autoimmune disease, this doesn't happen overnight, right? This happened yeah. over a long period of time. Yeah. And the body is not giving you a surprise. It's giving, me, giving us clues as to what is happening. Mm-hmm. So... So it is actually mandatory for us to kind of like take notes. <laughs> is yeah, that right? For sure. Yeah, you take, <laughs> what? Notes, take notes yes. of your symptoms. Be very aware of your symptoms. And yeah, if I could give your listeners one message is yes. to to write down all of their symptoms. Mm. <laughs> and this is what I do with all my clients. So they all have to fill in a very uh, comprehensive symptom questionnaire. So it's it's whether it's in, in the brain or in the gut or um, in the energy, you know, so they're writing down all of their symptoms and they're also writing down their timeline. So right. from, 
pre-birth, like, so how was the health of their mother when they were in their mother's stomach, right? That's right. important because the health of your mother and her microbiome, she gives you, yeah. she gives you your, your start yeah. your microbiome. So if she was ill with something or had some issues, you're probably going to start off life with on the back foot. Yeah. Okay. And so also whether you're bottle fed or breastfed is another, you know, help or hindrance uh, to developing your microbiome, mm -hmm. how much dirt you experienced as a kid or how many toxins you were exposed to as a kid, you know? So, you know, I have a friend that grew up in a very toxic area and she, she developed symptoms like from the age of eight. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things in our timeline are clues as to our current existence. So those the timeline is going to inform your symptoms and all sorts of events, those triggers. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, your health history. So how many times have you been in the hospital? What kind of mm -hmm. medication were you on? You know, how's the health of your, your parents as well? Mm -hmm. um, so they all inform the entire picture and what I call a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And together we put together those pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. for my clients. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I think this is also very fascinating. I wonder, I don't know if it's this true, but it came to mind because I grew up with a father who had high blood pressure mm -hmm. and my mother had diabetes. Mm -hmm. So I live with their restrictions, basically. Yeah. And yeah. and and I see what is normal to be their state of being. So it's almost like I I forget that you should be vibrant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's your yeah. normal state. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's, in my mind, it's more like it's a nice thing to have, but yeah. normal is what is what I'm yeah. seeing and you see what I mean. Uh, exactly, and I think it's such a great clue for us in in developing a new kind of mindset so so many mm -hmm. of us have these limiting beliefs because this mm -hmm. is what we've seen you mm -hmm. know ourselves grow up with and, and our parents suffer with so we think okay poor health at age 70 is normal and you know and and I can expect that I'm going to develop diabetes because my mother had it mm -hmm. um and it's I know you 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 interviewed my 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 friend Ilana that mindset coach right money yes. mindset coach and and it's the same thing as we we inherit these money beliefs as well that money is 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 hard to earn it doesn't grow mm -hmm. in trees and these all come from our parents in the same way our lifestyles and our attitudes toward food mm -hmm. is also you know inherited so a lot of our health rather than it being connected to genetic heritage is more a mindset heritage mm -hmm. and the way we think about health I'm pretty sure your mom is like my mom that working out is just not something they do yeah correct correct <laughs> okay <laughs> we should work out yeah okay my father should yeah she doesn't she didn't she, doesn't. <laughs> she didn't yeah <laughs> right and um and I think there are so many women out there as well who believe okay weight training is just not something that a woman should be doing because mm -hmm. they don't want to develop big muscles. That's what my mm -hmm. mom always said, you know, like you don't want to be doing any strength training because then you'll get big and bulky and ugly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that kind of mindset would stick with somebody. Whereas, you know, okay, through my training, I've learned differently and understand the benefit of strength training, especially in older age. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does stop us a lot. It, it influences our behavior. These yeah. mindsets and beliefs influence yeah. our behavior completely. Yeah. And if we believe that um, food is is a luxury and it is uh, something to reward ourselves with, we're going to be using food as that particular mm. mechanism, right? Until we yes. let go of that and and find other systems to reward ourselves. Yes, yes, definitely. I think for me, I grew up with belief is almost healthy, it's a luxury, almost, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a instead of it's it's by default you should be yeah. healthy because yeah. by default your body should be able to heal yourself. And this is quite a huge mindset shift yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to come from that, you know, health is luxury to health mm-hmm. is a natural state mm-hmm. yes a necessity mm-hmm. and and if you take care of everything in with everything in balance that should be your your state of being vibrancy is not a luxury vibrancy is something that you should be able to enjoy more often all than not yeah. yes exactly yeah, yeah. all the time even <laughs> see even hard for me to say all the time <laughs> All the time, yeah, and sometimes we don't allow ourselves to. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> even unconsciously, we are doing this yeah. sometimes, even it's like not realizing this. But this is why when you say, you know, journal your symptoms, and I was like, oh, I, I, I could tell you when I was growing up, whenever I had headache, for example, I didn't, I wouldn't consider that to to be something to journal, mm-hmm. because that is quite often happen and normal. But actually, for for the body, it's like, hello, I'm trying to tell you something. There's imbalance in here. Yeah. But because this happens so normal and, every, and you see it in a lot of people, they have headache all the time. So it's, yeah. it's quite normal. You see what I'm saying? It's like. Exactly. They just think it's normal. So pop a tablet right. because that's what everyone else. Right. Is. That's what. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's quick symptom relief rather than trying to understand why do I have a headache? Did I just not drink enough or whatever it might be? Yes. And this is what I'm trying to do with my kids. And I, yeah. and I know that a lot of large part of your audience have families. and Yes, Definitely. And look, we can not necessarily um, change their behaviors, but we can educate them. And so my girls are now 11 and almost 13 and mm-hmm. um, approaching the, you know, the puberty age, adolescence. And so they, they've started to develop acne and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to educate them by showing them, okay, let's do a little experiment. Let's take out the most inflammatory causing foods. So let's yeah. take out sugar. Uh, gluten and dairy two weeks mm-hmm. give me two weeks girls mm-hmm. and let's see what happens mm-hmm. and so because they're desperate and they don't like to have this you know imperfect skin they they said okay let's let's do this and so we took it out and mm-hmm. they can see how it changes their skin mm-hmm. and that's the beauty with kids it happens so much quicker whereas mm-hmm. as adults it can take longer longer mm-hmm. yeah longer even talking about the symptoms and recording the symptoms <laughs> already like whoa <laughs> that's very unnatural but yeah obviously very important yeah thank you for the, the reminder so some people you know do the dream journals and for this and we gratitude do journals gratitude which is journals. also important yes yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and for for a more holistic health we also do symptoms journals And, and, you know, just talking about the gratitude journal, you know, because you are, you talk a lot to your audience about mind body, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the connection with gut as well, mm. our thoughts, 
um, definitely influences our bio biochemistry and, and what's happening in our body. So it's, uh, I think that stressful thoughts or thoughts that are not conducive to a us feeling relaxed will put mm -hmm. us into what we call the sympathetic nervous system nervous. mode, which is mm -hmm. that fight or flight. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when we're in this fight or flight mode, the systems that get turned down, one of the most important ones is the digestive system. So mm. your body says, okay, this is no time to be resting and digesting food. I need to run for my life. And whether it's, you know, deadlines at work or it's an unpleasant relationship, this is what your body reads as stress and fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. That explains, that explains about my behavior also. When I am occupied mm -hmm. uh, at work, I just skip meals. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not even a feeling of hunger showed up. Yeah, which you is, can't digest. Yeah, and it's probably right. a good thing that you do because you're <laughs> digesting the food oh, that you thank do. God. <laughs> so that was okay. Because <laughs> I, I was remembering like, How come I wasn't hungry? It's, there was a moment of hunger and then it disappeared. And then then I keep on running, running. And then, of course, the blood sugar level went down and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. what happened? But I, I remember skipping meals quite a bit. And, um, of course, the guilt showed up and then the guilt activated something else, <laughs> the oh, stress goodness. in the body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was almost like guilt came out a lot. Uh, wow. in my life mm -hmm. yeah so it's like well I shouldn't have I should have taken care of my own and it's it's and and, and a wonder it was creating this high blood pressure because there was so much tension. so you managed to resolve that by dealing with the guilt I did uh, a lot of it get resolved with dealing with the guilt and also changing um your diet diet and also a bit mm -hmm. more sport for example all mm -hmm. these things mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah. it's it's not just one thing it's, it's no, a number it's of things never just yes. one thing, supplements yeah. as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i find but yeah this was i remember my my thing was guilt it's like yeah. guilt this guilty feeling guilty about this and that and that and i was like it's yeah, like what totally. is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned something very important because i wanted to ask you what could cause the imbalances in the gut health. So you mentioned the stress, uh, the the thought process or the stress. Anything else? That oh, yeah. I mean, this is quite a long list. And obviously, mm -hmm. diet is right up there. Right. Okay. If we're not eating foods that are high in fiber, that are going to be feeding our good bacteria, um, our good bacteria are just going to start to starve and we're going to be feeding all the unfriendly bacteria. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, food is really key and making sure that we're getting enough nutrients to make sure that our body can 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 have a healthy gut lining as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so getting rid of refined refined foods is like the first step. Mm -hmm. Hydration mm -hmm. is another key part mm -hmm. because none of our cells in our body can function properly if they're not well hydrated. Mm -hmm. um, movement as well. Uh sedentary lifestyle is is just not good for <laughs> anything in the body and yeah. so yours every every doctor anyway is going to be telling you to be getting uh, fresh air and some form of movement at least 20 to 30 minutes a day mm. um, mm -hmm. because our our cells need oxygen and yeah. that's the best way to get um, blood flowing and oxygen to to our body um yeah so Those are like the key aspects, but obviously things that are going to be helping our stress response 
are yeah. also important. So getting a really good night's sleep and, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping deep because that's where our body is able to repair itself. Mm-hmm. So if it's not able to repair anything, um, also our livers get burdened by so many mm-hmm. influx of um, environmental toxins, and um, our body, but our, our livers need the time to to regenerate themselves at night. Yeah. 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 So so even in our eating behavior, so it's not only just what we eat, it's how we eat and and the timing of our, our food as well. I think, I mean, we can talk briefly on intermittent fasting and how fasting is our body's way as well of, of unburdening itself and try, helping the cells regenerate themselves. And that's why intermittent fasting has become so much of a growth trend. Yes. It helps um, blood sugar management. And yeah. so even in the old European um, traditions, fasting, now after Easter, it's like fasting time or just before Easter, they fast and they, they go on very low-calorie diets yeah. for a period yeah. of time. And that really is to unburden the body and help the body regenerate itself over a period of time. Because if we're constantly shoving food in our face, right? <laughs> It's not having a chance to actually take a break and digest the food, right? And assimilate it. Yes, talking about about fasting, this is such a good reminder because I grew up, uh, I mean, I I'm, I was born Muslim and I grew okay. up in a Muslim tradition in Indonesia. So we have this installed in our okay. rituals, wow, basically, yeah. 30 days R- of Ramadan. fasting. Is that Ramadan? Ramadan. Yeah, yes, right. Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically a number of things. One is naming the desire for something. Just, you know, mm-hmm. it's not all necessary. So yeah. um, so we learn to, 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 to deal with this. And then we also learn about feeling grateful. You know, you appreciate That's what you have. But, but what I see as not happening, and this is, I think, uh, very interesting, is people tend to socialize during the break of the fast. It's It's interesting because it, when you were thinking about this, the the discovery of the science, you know how body actually needs to unload certain things. Actually, the ideal would be to eat uh, less intensely during the whole month because then the body could actually digest. And in in the practicality of this, uh, in in Indonesia particularly, I don't know in any other places, it's even festive. <laughs> okay? okay, when we yeah. we break <laughs> when we break the the the, the fasting. And I think this this is this part can be changed because actually when we understand that when we where we are fasting is helping the body to rejuvenate, re, uh, detox, uh, regenerate, is to eat even less festive things. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this was something that I thought was quite funny. <laughs> sure, it could be healthier, but but you 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 mentioned a very important aspect also of functional medicine that we seldom you know shout out is is that social connection and and being mm. social right and i think this time that we've all Correct. experienced this past year where everyone has been isolating and a lot of people just due to the lack of social connection are getting sick that is so true yeah. thank you for bringing this up Mireille. we're 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 herd creatures right i think we're community yeah. people um creatures of community and i think we all need that to feel grounded and whole and connected i mean that feeling of connection i think is very important for for yes everything. i think this 
this uh, feeling of connections release also some happy hormones, right? Yeah, like, totally. And this mm-hmm. is good for the stabilizing or mostly parasympathetic from sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, doing the things that that bring us joy, I think, is is the key. Yes, well. yes, definitely. So I I think when I talk about this, I think in some ancient way, a lot of things are in place to help us to rejuvenate, regenerate, like in in this tradition of fasting, mm-hmm. be it in Europe or in the Muslim countries, because this is integrated in the rituals, right? Mm-hmm. And if only we knew and understand the practical purpose of this also for the body and from the perspective of the body, how that actually is very useful, if not, I would say mandatory because mm-hmm. of the kind of lifestyle we have. Yeah. I think this would create more meaning when people we were doing it much yeah. more it's much better intent better intention to it right mm-hmm. and and the connection yes absolutely because that's exactly what we do in this uh, fasting period is we we break the fast together usually with people connecting and then usually with followed by group prayers this is also about connections um yeah. we connecting yeah. but then also have enough time to rest because yeah. you're going to start the breakfast very early Mm-hmm. before you stop eating and yeah. let your day without water and food. So yeah, that's beautiful. So you said you help people to change their habits, lifestyle habits. I now work solely online. In general, I I offer a group two group programs. So the, the second one is mm-hmm. fairly new. So the, the first one is kind of what I call level one and it's mm-hmm. getting people to recognize the benefit of um, a, a whole foods anti-inflammatory diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mix it up a little bit with a couple of detox rituals. Some of them like Ayurvedic, uh, like tongue scraping, mm-hmm. um, dry brushing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But essentially, we're taking out the most inflammatory causing foods from the diet for a period mm-hmm. of approximately 30 days. So there's an ease okay. in phase, there's a strict elimination phase. And then I teach them how to reintroduce a food so that they can identify whether this food might be causing them problems or not. Mm-hmm. So very often with people who have some form of chronic symptom, the, the three areas that I look at is there food that is causing harm to the body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously the, the most obvious is, is all the refined processed foods need to come out, but there could also be, like I mentioned earlier, healthy foods that are causing problems in the body. So I, I had eliminated gluten and dairy and my hives and, and asthma and allergies really disappeared, Okay, but they came back. And mm. I, I got myself tested and I realized that eggs, because when you take out gluten and dairy, mm. you tend to eat quite a lot of eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Don't ask me why, but it, you just end up <laughs> doing quite a lot of that. So I was doing too many eggs and, and yeah. eggs became an issue for me. And eggs are a really healthy food. Yeah. But for me, they became a problem eating okay. too often. Okay. And um, so, yes, a lot of people need to figure out if any foods are causing them issues. Secondly, as a second aspect we look at is toxins because we're mm. inundated with toxins, all aspects of our lives, um, whether it's environmental toxins or toxins in our, you know, pesticides in our food, yeah. um, BPA in our 
skincare in uh, the cans, the lining of cans in bottles that we're using. So it's really difficult to get away, but you need to start eliminating toxins. And another key one that a lot of people are not thinking about necessarily is mold. Yeah. Uh, mold yeah. in the environment. So if you're living in an old building, even in a very wet kind of climate, that mold could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, infections as well, past infections, if you've been bitten by a tick or you've got you know, you've got a reactivation of Epstein-Barr infections is where you might be looking for dental health. Another mm-hmm. key thing, um, toxins in, in amalgam fillings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even root canals, um, mm-hmm. a very known source of infections. And then um, stress, which is mm-hmm. a major, major, major factor. And stress mm-hmm. in all forms, whether it's emotional and or physical stress. So yeah. Yeah. You, you could be a person who's working night shifts and, and the body is under, you know, physical stress because it's just not getting into a a routine. Got That's it. Not. Yeah. So okay. so those are the aspects that we're looking at. Um and so the group program is an elimination diet program, essentially mm-hmm. with detox rituals. So that's phase one or level one. And if people have been doing that for a, a period of two to three months, they will usually see some improvement in symptoms. Some of them might even get all of their issues resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a couple of people, they don't see for resolution. And that's mm-hmm. where I encourage them to go a step deeper. And that's digging into gut health. And mm-hmm. that's where we're looking at, okay, you might be eating a really healthy and clean diet, but you're not absorbing it and you're mm-hmm. not digesting it well. Mm-hmm. And this is where I do more in-depth work, either in my one-on-one mm-hmm. um, with clients, or I've just started um a beta test group coaching in gut health. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're trying to look at tests, gut health mm-hmm. tests. So it's a stool test. We're analyzing whether there's any infections that are present, bacterial pathogens, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things that are present that need to be addressed as well. Right. Just go to www.functionalmedicinecoach.ch. So thank you so much. And for everybody who's listening, yes, it may sound a little bit overwhelming if you were like me, (laughs) thinking that health is a luxury or grew up in this kind of mindset. But what Mireille is saying also to us is it's never too late to do this. Our our body can heal itself when we help it. So let's help our body to heal itself by being more aware of the symptoms and then to be aware of what is helping and not helping our body. And this is what essentially the level one program is offering. This is the way to understand this or to, to get the information and also to experience it. So everybody, we're going to say goodbye and see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>